0: you're on the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts Shelby and Matt
1: although I don't want to bring this up too early but (laughs) I think that Shelby is being played by Tilda Swinton this week (laughs) it's just a feeling that I have how did you
0: find out is that (laughs) Shelby being played by Tilda Swinton it's um the uh <laughs> the elderly german the, actor yeah, playing shelby playing played shelby. by tilda yeah did you end up uh, seeing that is it out yet Sus- no i don't Suspiria? i don't think it comes out
1: for another couple weeks so okay. i haven't seen it yet although i did okay. i did see like about four movies this weekend so i have oh, lots really? to um lots to talk about but
0: how'd you fit that all in and a marathon
1: Well, so I I guess we should also preface that I currently (laughs) have a concussion. So anything that I say on this podcast that that seems strange to you, we're going to blame it on that. (laughs) Yeah. And not actually just that I'm weird. But yeah, yeah, I got a concussion and then ran a marathon unknowingly without a, (laughs) with a concussion and then felt that afterwards. So I spent, you know, the next couple of days like relaxing. By watching movies. So. Oh,
0: perfect. Yeah, yeah. I saw per- Halloween. That's what the doctor's ordered. I saw yeah.
1: Bad Times at the El Royale. You know, lots of fun things.
0: Good. I'm glad. Doing research for your podcast. Never stop. Did never you see stopping. Any of those?
1: You definitely didn't see Halloween.
0: I didn't see Halloween. I read the synopsis, though. Like, that's a thing I do. I don't know yes, why. I, I know. But I feel vindicated <laughs> because this person on uh, a writer for Jezebel posted about all the scary movies she's scared of like from just reading the wikipedia articles and i like found a small community (laughs) of people who do the same thing like we just want to know what happens we want to be in the know but i can't watch it so i just read the synopsis online (laughs) it sounded really scary so (laughs) i guess more gory than
1: yeah Spoiler alert, necessary. I'm bringing that up later oh, Okay, in the episode, oh, okay. so, so I we want, can talk I want, about it more to... then. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. No, I was- Did you see I... Bad
1: Times, though?
0: No, I don't. I thought you I really wanted it. to, and then I heard it wasn't that good, so I was like, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, that's good to know. I was too busy. I was actually in New York, which, if our listeners remember, that is where Matt is located, and he wasn't there, so I didn't even get to see huh. him. We didn't even get to do a live- <laughs> A live recording, a special episode. We just missed and each other. Our fans were
1: just clamoring for a live <laughs> podcast here. You know, we no. have so many fans in New York, and they yeah. were saying, "Oh, we just want a live show." And I was like, yeah. "I'm sorry, I'm going to be." We were going to do like marathon, yeah. so.
0: Radio City or like 92 Y. Oh whatever. Yeah. that's where we would. Yeah, have been for Madison sure. Square Garden, yeah, someplace. <laughs> Next time for sure, I'll be there. We'll set it up, but. No, it was a pretty uh, pretty quiet and yet eventful week, I guess, as far as personal lives compared to public lives. I don't know. Do you have any any news to share? Any Anything you can tell me, Matt?
1: I mean, I do, but first I have a review that I want to read that I think <gasps> oh, is pretty yay! good. Oh,
0: yay! I was worried we yes. didn't get any, so I was just trying oh, to... Oh, <laughs> no, no, no,
1: no, no. The fans are coming <laughs> yeah. through. You guys are oh, really good. killing it for us. So How I cute. mean, keep it up.
0: Because I don't, because this
1: is like the last one that we have currently. So (laughs) if nobody else writes one this week, we're going to be screwed. Um, This one is from Kaufman22. They say, Shelby and Matt, I just want to say thank you for providing me with nonstop entertainment during my commute into work. I was actually disappointed this morning when I realized I was all caught up in your podcast and have to wait till Thursday to hear your (laughs) hot takes.
0: Oh Uh, my word. That is so nice.
1: Do you know. know them?
0: Do you know a Kaufman? So I do have
1: a (laughs) friend from college whose last name is Kaufman. I don't think that he would listen to the podcast, but maybe he does. I also like... He got married, and so it could also be his wife. I've met her oh, a couple of nice. times. She's really cool. So maybe she is listening
0: to the podcast.
1: I am not sure. But either well, way, I will take are. that great review. Yes. Big well, fan. I'm,
0: I'm glad we'll have a new episode for them, and, and they'll get to hear their own name on the episode, which is why everyone should leave a review, right? The special yes. little shout out.
1: <laughs> the ego of it all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leave a review. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere. And of course, you can engage with us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram, and sometimes Facebook. Um, mm. At PS, you're wrong.
1: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, but, anyways, back to current pop culture yes. news. I I don't know if this was just me or if this was the world, but I find it very difficult to find stories to talk about this week. I feel like not that <laughs> it's much has happened. You're
0: concussed.
1: Yes, because I'm concussed. It's just, I'm very confused. Yeah. And I don't know, and this was pre-concussion that I found this story, which (laughs) I watched this video about 40 times in a row and was dying laughing. Did you see how Paula Abdul fell off her stage during a concert?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't even know she was in concert.
1: I mean, yeah, th- 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 that's the extent <laughs> of the newsworthiness of this story. Yeah. Is that she is on stage, she falls off the front of the stage, but oh, the video, no. which I think everyone should Google immediately, is like 15 <laughs> seconds long, and she is. It's not like she does a spin or a weird dance move or is like running too far. Like she is slowly walking towards the front of the stage, and then somehow or another, just walks right off the end of it into <laughs> like the crowd. It is hysterical I have watched it so many times and <laughs> that is the level of newsworthy material I have for you this week
0: <laughs> that is great you know Paula Abdul throwback that's crazy I, I never thought her name would come up on our podcast our podcast about relevant pop culture but here she is so thank you
1: you should literally just like pull it up on your phone right now and watch
0: it. <laughs> okay let's see let's see <laughs> a minute long video but hopefully it's in the first part
1: it's literally like 30 seconds she's like on stage there's a bunch of like floating yeah, streamers she's walking, or
0: whatever she's walking yeah she's clapping they're walking up. oh oh <laughs> that's sad it's probably it's just like-, like how did she fall off <laughs> It's probably like if you, she's maybe, maybe she had a concussion. Maybe, maybe her own luggage concussion. hit her in the face and gave oh her a concussion. My gosh. Yes,
1: <laughs> she got the bus cushion and then just biffed it on the yeah. on the performance.
0: Yeah, well, oh. I have some good news. I don't want to say more relevant because I don't want to rob you of that of that moment. That really <laughs> groundbreaking news, but um, Amy Schumer made an announcement today. I don't know if you saw, (laughs) you're
1: like, this isn't
0: relevant, but she's pregnant. So that's, that seemed to make waves if only because she sort of announced it in like a weird way, but she had like a friend announce it on her Instagram story where she was listing candidate recommendations for the election. And at the very bottom, it was just like, I'm pregnant, quote, Amy Schumer. So so now now the world gets to look forward to that and more mom jokes and stuff, probably. So that's exciting, right? Thrilling. Are you not an Amy Schumer fan? I don't know if this
1: is just me or if this is like a general world thing, but I feel like Amy Schumer is in the same camp with Lena Dunham for me. Is that? <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't love. Do
1: you it. put them together?
0: I. I guess I wouldn't put them together just because my feelings towards Lena are of a very special sort. <laughs> and so I just wouldn't give Amy that same sort of attention. But I can see what you mean. It's sort of just another weird white girl trading on weird jokes. But I don't know. Amy Schumer at least seems to try a little harder. But, <laughs> but we don't yeah. have to bring up Lena every week, you know, like I can I can get a break, you know. I'm not bringing up Kanye this week, so...
1: Uh, well, thank you. It's just so yeah. kind.
0: <laughs> I won't trigger uh, you. Yeah.
1: <sighs> um, okay, so next up in my um, strange... Yeah, I can't wait.
0: It only gets better, right?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know. That might have been the lamest version of the story. <laughs> so I don't know if you watched this whole saga unfold, but um, Britney Spears announced a new <laughs> residency in Las Vegas. Did you see this story?
0: No, I didn't. But you're coming with the old pop stars.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a, I also have a story on uh, Christina Aguilera <laughs> yeah. and Madonna. No, not really. Um, So Britney Spears was in residency in Las Vegas for like several years and ended that. I want to say she went on like a sort of mini tour-ish, maybe. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, she announced that she was having a new residency and the way that she did this was there was like, she had an announcement. It was going to be announced on the Ellen show. It was this huge thing. And it like cuts live to the streets of Las Vegas. Like there's a big crowd of Britney Spears fans like waiting there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody's standing around, like there, like there's this random host who, uh, like, used to be a basketball player, I think, who's like sort of emceeing it. They're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Eventually, after like 15 minutes of people standing around, <laughs> this like Britney Spears truck rolls in, like a semi kind of thing, and it parks in front of this hotel. Mm-hmm. She like like the truck opens. She kind of pops up. Waves at people, walks down like this, you know, aisle in the crowd, gets in a car and drives away. That's the extent <laughs> of it. And then projected onto the casino behind her is like Britney Spears, domination, residency, <laughs> coming to the whatever. But it was like literally the most anticlimactic a- <laughs> announcement ever. Like, I don't know yeah. who. Which one of her PR people thought this up? Like, you're going to come in a truck, you're going to pop out, you're going to wave, you're going to leave. <laughs> like, that's all that we're like, she did not say one word. It was so yeah. bizarre. That's and that's her the news emo, that I'm bringing though, you.
0: Right. She's just like a little, I don't know. Is it ditzy? Is it just like disconnected? Is it disinterested? I don't know. But I feel like that's very on par for her, her usual antics. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a very Britney thing, you know? Just, like, smile and wave.
1: (laughs) Like, her Instagram and her social media presence is sort of weird because it's run by her, like, not by somebody else. But... You would think that, okay, this (laughs) casino is putting her on a residency. She has to have people who are, like, at the casino who are working for her. People who are coming up with this residency. Also, the people that she works with who just do her PR and stuff. And between all of those people, they could not come up with a better idea (laughs) other than this, like, very strange situation. Also, everybody in the crowd was wearing, like, these Boston Red Sox hats. which I don't understand how that connects to her. It was just so bizarre the whole way around i i could not i could not figure out like what what they were going for i was like did something fall funny. through like was there yeah. supposed to be a performance and she got a concussion i don't know
0: yeah maybe that is funny though are you gonna go see her at her residency
1: i mean i, I I'd probably not (laughs) if for some reason or another I'm in Las Vegas maybe because I mean what are the other options like Celine Dion and the blue man group I think I'd take Britney over (laughs) that
0: but I've seen like some videos of her like tour she was just on and it's just sort of like a little sad to me you know like all respect to Britney Spears and like what she's been through and who she was but I just it just seems like she's holding on a little too tight to the like the nineteen year old version of herself, and I just—it's just a little painful to watch her lip sync her way through these dance numbers, you know.
1: Hey, at least she can dance. Like I—I th- I feel like she can hold her own with that fairly well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of, them, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean there's another <laughs> pop star who shall remain nameless <laughs> who is trying to trick the world into thinking that she can dance when okay, I think it's rather a sham. Okay, maybe you should watch some recent, some recent some recent Britney
0: Spears videos to see what I'm talking about. But anyways, I have some news. Um Okay. I don't know if you know her but Bella Thorne recently had a um, Oh yeah. piece about her. <laughs> She's yes. like some weird star but She was it, on the
1: Disney Channel show with yeah, Zendaya.
0: Yeah, shake it up, I think. And so anyway, yeah. she was profiled for some reason. And she just has this crazy life. It's something I've been really interested in. She's like in this polyamorous relationship with some hip hop star named Mod Sun. And then also with... The YouTube personality Tana Mongeau Who I spoke about In like one of our First episodes I think Oh
1: TanaCon
0: Yeah (laughs) Yeah And so They're like all In this Relationship together And then she lives In this house With her sister And like all her friends And they just smoke pot all the time and she has 19 cats because she didn't want to get her first one fixed because she thought it was barbaric and so it just (laughs) kept breeding and so now there's like this house full of cats and and she's like struggling to like she was just on an abc show i think called famous in love
1: oh yeah that looked terrible
0: yeah and it got axed and she was like yeah basically they were like calling me fat and sort of bullying me on set. And they thought I was hard to work with because I was outspoken about feminist issues and political issues. And it's just, she's a very interesting figure. And it was just a very interesting read to see this profile all about her wild life. And she's like, she has a label she started and she's like a singer, I guess.
1: And oh, gosh. Tana's
0: on her label. So it's just like all very... Uh- <laughs> Bad, very, bad, very bad. messy yeah <laughs> but worth a read if you're ever bored at work just Bella Thorne's most recent profile it's it's very it's just like a crazy different world and life and <laughs> universe I feel
1: like there's a whole lot of weird stuff going on I was listening to um a podcast this week
0: what who was it about
1: um Oh it was about Jonah Hill and it was talking it was saying that he is what is called a scum bro which is this new like fashion term for these like young-ish guys I guess who wear really expensive clothes but it looks really bad like um, no. Justin Bieber and Pete Davidson are also this and it like it, the the look is called scum bro and i feel like that Bella Thorne might be have like <laughs> the whatever the female yes. version of that is where it's like you're exactly. rich but you look like a trash heap but your clothes are expensive at the <laughs> but same time it's like time. on it's purpose very interesting. yeah
0: that yeah. is interesting it's oh, like the extension dear. of
1: the dirty hipster only instead yeah. of wearing like your grandma's old you know blouse <laughs> now you're wearing like really ugly gucci things <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, scum bro, gross. I but mean, it's... I didn't come up with it. No, so. but yeah, yuck. I hate that. We're
1: lucky that I can remember that because I was yeah. listening to that podcast like on the way home from the marathon <laughs> where I was
0: where barely
1: conscious. Passed. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw this, but um, there was some there was some drama this week about um, Keira Knightley was on Ellen. And was talking about how she doesn't let her kids watch certain Disney movies. And then Kristen Bell, I don't know if she was on a talk show or like a podcast or something. But she also mentioned how she avoids certain Disney princess movies. And she mentioned Snow White. And everyone got really offended, of course. Everyone was like really (laughs) up in arms about these hoity-toity women who are censoring their... (laughs) Children and like ruining fairy tales and taking things too seriously. Did you see any of this?
1: I did not. I did not see any of this. (laughs) It
0: was really it was funny because some people were just like really attached to Snow White, which I don't know. I I hated Snow White. Like I'm not even interested in like watching it from an entertainment. Perspective, but I guess some people really care about it because, like, a lot of people were subtweeting Kristen Bell and were like, "What did you want Snow White to die? Would you rather the prince have just left her to die?" <laughs> and we're like, very, very offended that there was anything wrong about this and whatever. And I just think it's sort of interesting because, again, like one, there's so many movies out there that it's just like you're bound to avoid some. Like if you don't let your kids watch certain movies, like more power to you but also it's like kristen bell responded and she's like i'm not like avoiding disney princesses i'm just talking to my kids about the media they consume and like i'm having a conversation about disney princess i know and it's like everyone was just like so easily triggered by this and it's to me it's like well if you have a problem with a movie you should be able to like talk to your child about why and like what the issue is and like have a conversation about why something that was created in 1950s might not like have the same, you know, problems or issues that you see in it today. And so it's like, to me, I just don't get why people get up in arms about stuff like that, because I just feel like you should always be talking to your kids or whoever about what they're watching and what it means and like all that. But I guess I grew up in a really nerdy household, so (laughs) it's hard for me to say. (laughs)
1: I have a hot take. This is probably yeah. going to be an unpopular opinion, <laughs> but I feel like more than half of the Disney movies, like the Disney animated movies, are just bad. Yeah, like like not like I probably wouldn't have my kids watch them just because Snow White is boring as yeah, all get exactly. out. Exactly, it is such a dull movie. The music is not good. The dwarves are creepy. Like no, thank <laughs> it's you. Scary, I also, yeah. Like, we don't need Cinderella, Little Mermaid is dull, Oh yeah, like, that's I, I hate mind. Pinocchio, yeah. like, the best Disney movies are as follows. <laughs> oh, no. Emperor's New Groove, <laughs> The Goofy Movie, oh, The Rescuers, gosh. and Oliver and Company. <laughs> the- those are the only ones you need. The rest can go. Okay. <laughs> done and done.
0: Wow. Did you have that list prepared? You just, like, have yes! your top five ready?
1: Because I have debates with people all the time when they start talking about how like, oh my gosh, have you seen Tangled? Tangled is so good. Tangled <laughs> is like one of the best Disney movies of all time. I'm like, no, Tangled is trash. Like, you there's, know the w- there's like a half hate. a good song in that one. I, oh, I Also, Mulan's really good. I like oh, Mulan. Oh yeah,
0: Mulan is so good. I really just don't get the hype behind Up i just didn't like oh yeah i don't
1: like up either
0: that was one i'm just i also don't like wally oh yeah wally Ugh, so boring and talk about on the nose it's just like there's no nuance there but the best (laughs) the best pixar
1: movies if we're going in this one are (laughs) monsters inc and a bug's life i love a bug's (laughs) life so much oh
0: my gosh wow that's old school wasn't that like the first one
1: Um. Second. Well. Also, all the Toy Stories are good. Yeah. I mean, that goes without saying. Like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like my favorite Disney. There was a long time where I just didn't like animated movies, but I love Beauty and the Beast still, and obviously The Lion King, and definitely Mulan. But as far as like those weird ones you just mentioned, I'm trying to think if there are any that would like make it for me. Oh, you know, I love Robin Hood. Is did you mention Oliver and Company?
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I love Oliver and Company. The music in that is so good. The Billy Joel music. mm. Yeah. And it's set in New York, so like once you've lived here it just has a whole nother level. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They should make a live action version of that. When is that coming to theaters? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, I swear, whenever they announce the live action versions, I'm like, could you have gone through and picked, like, <laughs> worse ones? Yeah. I hate Beauty and the Beast, FYI, but.
0: <laughs> it just was like, it really spoke to me as a young girl who loved books, you know? So oh, I really yeah. saw my in the library. Well, the library's the great. Yeah, exactly. Beauty and, and the, the Beast, Beast is, is so really rapey, good. rapey, though. It's,
1: it's very. So rapey. I
0: wouldn't say rapey per se, but it is very, like, weird it's
1: it's like the kids version of phantom of the opera which is also (laughs) very rapey
0: (laughs) this is so many hot takes i just i just can't even deal with the heat right now No, i mean are you a big phantom of the opera fan no (laughs) i mean no i did see the musical and like it was really beautifully done and i think the difference there though is that she never loves the phantom you know what i mean like She feels bad for the Phantom. And like, it's not the same as like a love story like Beauty and the Beast, where they literally end up together. We're in Stockholm Syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. I would say the cartoon handles it a little better and less creepy than the live action, which was just like the worst movie I've ever seen. Oh, it was so bad. But I did love the live action Cinderella, and I didn't really love the animated Cinderella. So, you know, they're figuring it out. I love the
1: fat mouse in Cinderella. That's like a redeeming That's factor. Your,
0: is that the character you relate most to? You're just like... Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> Always the fat characters. Like the fat dog in um, uh, in 101 Dalmatians is like roly-poly or whatever it Is it? He's like, mama, yeah. I'm hungry. Like yeah. my, my siblings will say that to me. Yeah. Um, like. Like, as something, like, yeah, to make yeah. fun of me for I how much, related I need, to, Which is little, rude.
0: I related to the little girl one who was like, My toes are frozen and my nose is frozen. <laughs> <laughs> you know who I feel favorite. like you
1: should, who you would relate to, who I would relate you to as a Disney character? Okay, who? That, the cat and the Aristocats the little, like, um,
0: <laughs> yes! the snooty one. I love her. Thank you for saying that.
1: If I was a Disney character, who would I be?
0: Okay, if you were a Disney character, I feel like I'm not like wise enough in my Disney. Um, I don't know. It's so hard. I want to say the the uh <laughs> caterpillar from Thumbelina.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is a great answer. I will take it. <laughs> has
0: anyone ever told you that before
1: no (laughs) but i love it
0: just the energy you know and uh i guess he's a little more optimistic than you can sometimes be but it's you know there's just uh something there i guess he's excited to eat yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) oh But anyways, do you have any (laughs) other news or? (laughs) Not
1: anything worth sharing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well that's perfect because I'm excited to get into our feature presentation this week.
1: Yes, we are talking about the Hate You Give.
0: Yes, which I am a little. Um, Triggered because last week After for our first man episode One of our listeners tweeted <laughs> And was basically like Shelby seems to hate a lot of movies Doesn't she <laughs> And I <laughs> I was like talking to my husband And I was like I don't think I think Matt tends to hate more stuff than I do So we went through each episode and tallied Which one of us hated it And oh. which one of us liked it And we're actually split like right down the middle We each liked and hated seven things and <laughs> the difference is, I liked a lot and of we've stuff. We've only had sixteen <laughs> yeah. episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I liked a lot of stuff in the beginning, and you've liked a lot of stuff in these later months, probably because the we've been watching all the hoity-toity, like Oscar-based yes. stuff.
1: <laughs> so yeah. this th- this trend will continue. <laughs> I will like everything through January, yeah. and then once Shelby we get will into like Dunkuary, I'll, I'll be like, yes, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> But I'm excited because this is one I actually... We both really liked. So, yes. spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> the tides are a-changing.
1: Yeah. Well, at least for this week. Who knows yeah. what will happen after this. But yeah, I saw this movie, like, maybe a month ago. Because I work yeah. in publishing, I got to go to an early screening with all mm-hmm. publishing people. Mm-hmm. And I i know very fancy and i thought that it was going to be like you know whatever and i ended up (laughs) being obsessed with it and i was like oh my gosh like this is such a good movie like i can't Mm -hmm. wait till you see it i can't wait to get to talk about it the only thing that ruined my experience is that i was it was like a packed theater full of publishing people who are all like white middle aged (laughs) women if you didn't know and i was sitting next to someone who like must have been like near eighty years old. And she could not hear a thing that was going on in the movie and kept leaning over to the person next to her and being like, What did she say? What did that what's going on? What's happening? This is not somebody they work with, by the way. Yeah, it's just like yeah, some okay, random person that I was next to. Yeah. And I was like um, if you cannot hear what is happening in a movie in a movie theater, maybe you should not come to a movie theater. You know what I mean? Like, it's, this yeah. isn't like it's a rock concert and you're trying to decipher the words. Like,
0: okay, this is so weird because I was at the movie theater and I was sitting by someone and she answered a phone call in the middle of the movie. Like, I'm not even. <laughs> she didn't even like get up and leave to take it. She just sat there and was like whispering, like, "Hello, oh yeah, yeah. Are are you sure? Oh." That's interesting. Yeah, like, <laughs> and I was like, are you serious right now? It's like the very beginning of the movie. Things are about to go down. And she's just like, hello. And I was like, what? When do people get so bad at theater etiquette? You know?
1: I know. Oh, my Ugh. gosh.
0: Gosh, ruined Ugh. the movie. It's like,
1: he, he's about to get shot. <laughs> Put your phone down. For goodness yeah. sakes. Yeah. Um, do you want to give us a quick run through of the basic plot points of this movie? What it's about?
0: Yeah, so basically it's about a young black girl named Star who lives in Garden Heights, which is sort of a fictionalized suburb of LA, I think is the gist. And um, she goes to... It's like a uh, poor suburb. Yeah. So like, Mostly black you know people the, live there, I think. Yeah. Um, anyways, her family lives there. Her dad is like an ex-convict who's trying to make the town better, but her mom insists that her kids go to this private school, which is all predominantly white. So Star is sort of torn between these two worlds but at a party in her neighborhood she reconnects with a close childhood friend Khalil and they end up driving home together where they're pulled over by a police officer things get really nasty and the kid gets shot and dies and so the rest of the story is just about star trying to navigate if she's willing to like speak up as a witness and like uproot her life and like what she'll say and like how this like truly Personal connection to police brutality colors like all her relationships for both her family and her white friends, and it's like, whoa, emotional, you know. (laughs) And it was a book originally. I don't know if you have you read it.
1: No, I haven't. I remember hearing about it as like the Black Lives Matter book, yeah, back a couple of years ago. It was the author Angie Thomas who wrote it. This is her first book. It's a young adult novel, and. Like 13 different publishers were in an auction trying to bid for it. And it went for over a million dollars, <laughs> yeah. which is like unheard Yeah, which is of. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's I like knew insane. from the jump like that this was going to be a big deal. It's been on the yeah. bestseller we- seller list for over 50 weeks, which is also crazy. Yeah. And I feel like this movie came out rather quickly. Um, like, I think they must have put it into production almost yeah. immediately.
0: She sold the rights to the film when the book deal happened so it was all happening simultaneously which is interesting because she said she was like editing the book as she was reading script pages and so there's a few differences like between the book and the movie and she was like it was interesting to see like what they were doing and think wow should i have done that and so it was like a very sped up process because obviously they knew they had something here because one it's such a unique perspective and To the country and the world is, like, very thirsty for not only novels, but movies from, you know, POCs and obviously the Black Lives Matter movement has unfortunately been, like, you know, very relevant in the last few years with all these shootings. And so it did, like, it was a huge, like, it was published in 2016 and now the movie's out in 2018. So it was, like, an unheard of (laughs) process for publishing a book and getting it to film, too, so... And I think it's, like, number one on the New York Times list for, like, 82 weeks, which is crazy. And it's, like, won awards, and it's been a big deal. And I read it last year, so I was excited for the movie to come out. And it's been interesting to kind of watch it, having already read the book, and, like, see the differences there. And, like, I don't know. It was was good.
1: Yeah. And the movie itself, I think... uh... Had a lot of buzz around it, mm-hmm. not only because it was based on this book that's done really well, but also because Amanda Stenberg is playing the main character. And she, at this moment, is sort of like the <laughs> YA movie star. She was in I The know. Hunger Games. She was in Everything, Everything. She was in that weird, um, <laughs> like, sci fi movie that came out this yeah. summer that looked terrible that I didn't yeah. see. But she's Do like everywhere like and in everything.
0: Have you liked her stuff? I just
1: don't. <laughs> I mean,. The hun- in the Hunger Games, her yeah. character is like ugh, whatever for me. <laughs> and the other movies that I've seen with her, I feel like the material hasn't been great. Yeah, but in this, I thought she was fantastic. Like she like she has a lot to do in this. this movie. Yeah, and I thought she pulled it off really well.
0: I was a little worried because I haven't loved anything she's been in, and she was also in um, that Nazi movie this year. I don't even know if it's been or released which one widely. Was that one? Um, it's called Where Hands Touch' and it's sort of like a weird movie. It's gotten a lot of backlash because it's basically the story of a of a biracial girl in Germany who falls in love with a um nazi youth and so it's all about Mm. you know it's like there's problems there but anyways she just has always been sort of this really annoying character who just like stares morosely at the camera and like in everything everything and in the just the trailers alone for the YA novel I read the science fiction one I can't remember the name of (laughs) she just is like always just like sad and sullen and staring and dramatic and things are going wrong for her so it was nice to see more of a depth for her to explore here but it was a pretty interesting cast all around and like the entire production team around it was sort of i don't know unique you know because it was directed by george, george tillman, tillman jr., jr who i didn't i didn't really know at all i think he's done like a few random things here and there like he he, a nicholas sparks movie
1: yeah, he did the Nicholas Sparks movie, The Longest Ride, which is a strange credit on his yeah. listing. But he also did like the barbershop and beauty shop movies, yeah. which I didn't see, but I think did really well. He did Roll Bounce, which I don't know if you saw that back in the day. Mm-hmm. It had um, zero from holes in it. Oh, and it was nice. like a like a roller skating kind of oh, fun nice. movie. So I I saw that. But. Yeah, kind of a weird uh, mix of things, and then the screenwriter for this yeah. actually just passed away. But her I credits know. are also very strange, like <laughs> George of the Jungle, A Dog's Purpose, <laughs> like not necessarily yeah. things that you would think, like Ah, yes, the per- yeah. who do we want to write the Hate You Give? We want the the George of the Jungle screenwriter, yeah. But-
0: and the game great plan, job with the, the 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 Rock movie oh, about, yes. mm, yeah, that <laughs> back one. Back when he was doing Kitty movies, so yeah, so yeah, the she's done all over the whatever. place. But it was sort of interesting when they first announced this whole package. I was like, huh, like it'll be cool to see how it all comes together. But then they also like brought on some big names like Regina Hill, who plays Hall, Hall Regina Hall, who plays the, the mom. mom. And of course we had Common. <laughs> he yes. Plays the uncle.
1: It's like uncle who's a cop. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um the dad who does amazing is played yes. by Russell Hornsby and I could just like talk about him forever.
1: Um, and he is in Big Fat Liar, which is one of the greatest movies oh, of our generation. Yeah. <laughs> so I was excited to see him back on the screen.
0: Yeah. But the biggest scandal was, of course... Um, oh, yes. The controversy that mired this movie was the boyfriend. She has a white boyfriend. And originally, it was some YouTube star... Um...
1: Kean Lolly, who yeah, I had never heard of before. I had never heard
0: of. And so it was... They like filmed basically the whole movie. The production was done. And then this old video pops up of this guy being pretty racist, saying the N word, making jokes about purple Kool Aid and fried chicken. It was like pretty bad. And it wasn't, I don't know if they dated the video ever or if they admitted how long ago it was, but he looked like a, you know, a functioning, intelligent old enough to know better. Yeah. Yes yeah and so that that was a did you read anything about how they decided to recast him or
1: well i mean they nixed him i think rather quickly after the video came out and they were like i mean it was sort of like the kevin spacey situation last year on um all the money in the world where they were (laughs) kind of like frantically looking around like who can we get to play this part and they found kj appa who is archie in riverdale and he was like off for the hiatus um, in between seasons in the summer, they, like, flew him out to set for, like, a couple days to to reshoot a lot of the, like, high school scenes. And it's... Yeah. I mean, this movie is an ensemble movie, so, I like, Amandala Stenberg, we're following her along, and she's basically in every scene. But mm-hmm. there's probably, like, 12, 15 peripheral characters between like members of her family yeah. and like Issa ray is in it people like <laughs> friends from her school and so kj app was one of those he maybe has like six or seven scenes in the movie so it wasn't like a huge deal to reshoot but, yeah. yeah
0: i know it was sort of interesting because like yeah i wondered if maybe there had been some more continuity between it because it seemed like sometimes he would just like he wasn't around anyone else. You know what I mean? Like he never really yeah. interacted with her other school friends and he really only had one scene with her family, which might've just been a choice altogether in the script, but in the book he's a lot more present. And so I don't know, it was interesting and they did do a really good job, I think of handling it. But, um, a lot of people were talking about when they decided to do that and it was like a very stressful reshoot and people were feeling like, you know sort of apprehensive to have another dude come on and i mean everyone had been supportive of dropping the the racist (laughs) he he got axed pretty quick yeah but i think it was like it was a struggle to kind of re-find that energy but they said that both amandala and um kj had such great chemistry that it really like came together and you kind of do it would have been interesting to see it with anyone else because i think they do such a good job together and I just don't know if a YouTube star would have the same (laughs) emotional chops but hey maybe one day he'll get another chance
1: it was so funny watching him because he's basically playing the same character in this as he is in Riverdale and I was like just sitting there watching um I mean, he's like the high school jock or whatever. And I kept waiting for him to be like, Ronnie, Ronnie, which is what he (laughs) always calls his girlfriend on Riverdale. And it's super annoying. Um, But yeah, he did a really good job. The other weird, not necessarily controversy around this movie, but another weird thing that I was looking into is the release of this. I don't know if you looked Mm -mm. into this at all. So it was originally scheduled that it was supposed to come out in wide release on October 19th, which was this past weekend. So that's where we slotted it in our, you know, in our schedule. And as I was looking at like the box office numbers for this weekend, it like wasn't in the top five. And I was like, this is crazy. This is like a big budget movie. It's based on like a best-selling novel that tons Mm -hmm. of people have read like i I don't understand how this isn't like just like blowing the doors off of this weekend and so i went to box office mojo and they like did a weird thing where like a month or two before the release they decided no we're not going to do like a wide release we're going to do like a multi-tiered Limited release so it came out Like in 30 some theaters a couple weeks Ago and then a few hundred theaters a couple Like the week after that and then So it's like this is actually it's third Or fourth week out in theaters Even though it's yeah, Even though this is like the first wide release Week I was like confused As to why they would do that usually movies that get rolled out in that fashion are things like eighth grade they're like small films where it's like okay we're gonna play it in a couple theaters if it does well we'll move it to more theaters if it does well again we'll move it to even more but this like you knew it was gonna be a a big deal i don't understand why they didn't just like put it everywhere to begin with
0: yeah i think it's like kind of struggling to compete with like a star is born and even venom or first man like there are so many big movies coming out that I kind of wonder if they're just trying to wiggle in like here and there and kind of build a word of mouth campaign because it is sort of like a quietly announced film I don't know if a lot of people know about it or know it's out and it'll be interesting to see if it can make it up because it was pretty like yeah, it wasn't a great opening and it hasn't made a lot of money. But I think they're just counting on it, sort of <laughs> finding its momentum eventually. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if it works. I mean, it's only made like 10 million, I think. And yeah. it cost more than twice as much. So I don't know. I wonder if they're just, yeah, trying to compete with the fall I feel I just feel like you
1: have such a you have such a great cast and it's a big cast full of a lot of like big names that you would assume are drawing people in it's based on a property that is big and you would think that okay this book has best been on the bestseller list for 80 weeks like there's a lot of people who've read it who are going to watch the movie adaption and then on top of that the movie is actually really good (laughs) you know this isn't something where it's like oh shoot we made it and like we cobbled it together at the end and it didn't turn out the way we want to and we kind of want to like high it like this is a movie that i think you could easily put a lot of weight behind and when you look at the other things coming out like yeah you have a star is born you have halloween you have venom but you it's not like it's competing directly against like a a twilight or a harry potter or something that's in like the same you know, sphere. Yeah, isn't is Venom R rated, or did they no, demo that PG thirteen? Yeah. Okay, so I guess that's PG thirteen, but like yeah. the other ones are R. So it seems strange. I
0: know. I wonder if it's just like I mean, <laughs> you look at a first, the first man, and that movie got sort of it's ass kicked because it was like, it had this scandal of a bunch of conservatives who were like, where's the flag? And it's like, maybe they didn't want to do a big push and get all these like, all lives matter, you know, like (laughs) blue lives matter type. Because I think it is a very... Triggering concept. It's all about police brutality. It follows the story of like a very bad cop. And so it's sort of like maybe they're just trying to keep it on the DL to avoid any of the crazies who will just hate it for hating its sake. You know, I mean, I don't know, but I just, if I'm trying to strategize, maybe that would be an angle to consider because I think if too much good news gets out there, then the bad news always follows. You know what I mean? Like people always love to drag down a well received film. So. Well, why don't
1: we talk a little bit about, you know, sort of that angle, I guess, of the movie. Yeah. Like the Black Lives Matter of it all. Yeah. So I didn't read the book. I went into this blind. I mean, I knew like the premise of the movie, but didn't really know anything about it. And I was really expecting it to be sort of like a very you know, like broad strokes kind of ham fisted story of like, like this is the moral and we're going to hit you with it. And I thought it would be good, but I didn't necessarily expect to love it in the way that I did. But Mm -hmm. I felt like they did such a great job of, of, Of having it be nuanced in a lot of different ways and having the characters and the storylines be as complex as the world is. And instead of saying, like, we are going to make this story very obvious, we're going to have, like, a saintly black character and an evil racist cop and, like, you are going to know Mm. where you stand. They really put a lot of complex people in this movie so that as you're watching it, I felt like it was very relatable mm-hmm. because of how many different like a- like different angles that they're showing to right. this kind of story and I really appreciated that and thought that like it would be hard for someone to watch this movie from like yeah like a conservative like all lives matter blue lives matter perspective and necessarily feel like super dumped on i, I right. think that there's a lot of room in here for somebody who is more conservative or i mean like i'm from a like a very conservative background and to watch this movie and not necessarily like be offended by it or think that it's mm-hmm. attacking you but at the same time not thinking that it's like letting you off easy if that makes sense
0: yeah, no, definitely. It's like I walked away pretty impressed by how it didn't become like lectury and yes, because it has reason to right? like it's a very mm-hmm. traumatic moment watching this kid get shot by a police and you know exactly like how it happened. You like saw all the like quote unquote mistakes made and you're just very frustrated and angry at the system. But in the end, it's really like a character driven piece and it's all about star like emotionally finding her footing in this in this political landscape that is bigger than her it is bigger than Khalil but at the heart of it she's still like suffering over the loss of her friend and I think it really like worked to humanize that instead of like politicize it you know like it wasn't like she became the black lives matter protester to like shame all the cops it's like she really went on this journey to kind of figure out like what she wanted to say and how she wanted the world to like recognize her and I think it was an interesting angle to take because you never really see the cop you don't really see Yeah, you know his story you don't see him be extra racist or whatever because you don't need to like he doesn't matter this is star story and i think that was a really intelligent way to handle the film that otherwise could have come across like detroit last year which was a good movie but it really and of course it was based on true stories so it changes the dynamic a little but it really really focused on like look at how racist and awful this human is like don't you feel all like your attention on this racist this was much more about the people who were affected by a man's racism you know what I mean so it wasn't like it wasn't about the story or the incident itself it was about like the ripple effects and that helplessly Not only touches Star, it touches her super annoyingly racist friend at school and her less racist friend at school and her boyfriend and her uncle, who's also a cop. And so it's just like you got to see a lot of different perspectives that really made the conversation more interesting than look at this bad cop. Let's try and get him his life ruined for this you know what I mean yeah
1: oh yeah I mean I was expecting like a Sam Rockwell in uh, three (laughs) billboards type performance of like well now boy like let me teach you a thing kind of where like you as an audience it's like so characterized that you can't even really like engage with it on a real Mm -hmm. level but I thought that really every aspect of this story they do a like go out of their way to show it from like both perspectives i mean i think you know like there's the cop and obviously we see this as like oh this is like racism and police brutality but then common is a cop who is Mm -hmm. black and he kind of like walks you through like well here are the reasons like why this happens and it and it doesn't do it in a way to negate the horribleness of the shooting but it goes through it in a way to kind of like humanize the police as well or like even with um the like there's a lot of plot that circulates like the gang that Star's Mm -hmm. dad was in and kind of like how this gang is taking over the neighborhood and how it like uh, you know takes over these families that live there and I think that they really show kind of like the negatives and also the like not positives but like the reasons for why people are involved in it and the reasons why people are doing what they're doing and associating with the gang in a way that I think a lesser movie would have just been like the gang is bad and the cop is racist and the kid was innocent and this sort of shows like all of the different aspects of it and and the which i did not realize this before watching the movie but apparently the hate you give like is an acronym for thug and Mm -hmm. the full phrase is the hate you give little infants f's everybody and it spells like Mm -hmm. thug life if you take all the letters out of there yeah it's from Tupac which I also didn't know and um, and I don't think anybody else in the publishing screening that I was at knew that either <laughs> They're like, because Whoa. they were like oh, who's Tupac? Yeah. Like, interesting. <laughs> um, well that's
0: what's great is like the author of the book she like she wrote this story because you know she's a black woman she grew up in a similar neighborhood she felt like Her friends would always be like, oh, I can't go over there. That's the ghetto. And she was like, well, why do you not, like, recognize there's a nuance here that isn't just, like, you know, this isn't the hood. This isn't the slums. Like, you can still interact with us. And I think the framing of it around this Tupac message was a really intelligent way to tell the story because it isn't just, like, a flash in the pan. Look, another kid got shot by a cop. Let's talk about it. It's, like, looking at the bigger picture of why this keeps happening, what, poison is like in the system and what like is feeding that and so it is like it was really well framed in the movie i think and i was impressed by how they kind of pulled it together because it went in a totally it went in a different direction than the book maybe did and so i think the movie kind of drove it home a little bit more probably because it knew its audience wasn't gonna be all tupac fans you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah i mean they bring that phrase up a lot (laughs) so that you can like get get that it's uh an acronym, I guess, is the right. term for it. But I liked how they kind of take this message of like the hate that you give other people affects like later generations and affects, mm-hmm. you know, like the world as a whole. But it's not just like the hate that white people have for black people. It's it's like the hate of everybody, like white people against white people, black people against black people, black people against white, like all the way around.
0: Mm-hmm. And how
1: when you live in a society where everybody is sort of like out to get somebody else or like to or has hatred toward other people, it just ends up screwing up everybody. Like you think mm-hmm. that hating per- somebody is going to hurt the person you're hating, but it actually hurts the people that you love just as much, which I thought was a really interesting viewpoint, and they and they did it with such great nuance in in the movie, I thought,
0: yeah, I think it was like really cool to see her two worlds, right? So mm-hmm. it's sort of set up so she has her. Her black family, her friends in Garden Heights. And then she has a school group who one is like a sweet, soft-spoken girl. And the other one's like a sort of (laughs) hoity-toity blonde who just you just want to like hurt by the end of the story. And you never want to name your kid Haley after watching this. But it was interesting to see her navigate the two worlds and see how eventually it just she can't keep it contained anymore. She can't keep her quote-unquote hood attitude out of her white life any world like she'd always tried to be very careful about what she said and how she spoke and how she presented herself and then she's just like why am i doing this like who am i who am i protecting doing this and pretending i'm like some white version of my black self and i thought the white presence in the film was such a an important part of it because you saw like this sort of benevolent racist where she her friend thought she was all cool and woke because she liked hip hop music and she was like, chill with her black friend. But in reality, she was very much racist and unaware at times of how racist she was and very unwilling to change. Whereas her other white friend, who was maybe like, whoa, star, chill out at first, realized like, wait you do need to sort of take a stand and pick a side and like stand for something. And then you have her boyfriend who's also very like confused why his girlfriend's acting so different and kind of butthurt that she didn't tell him and Star's so like, it's not about you, man. And I thought it was like so good to be a white person sitting in that audience and like watching the story because so often these stories are told from the white person's point of view. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I also liked kind of like the flip side of, what you were talking about how she felt like she couldn't bring like her garden Heights side to the mm-hmm. school she also doesn't want to bring the side that she brings to school to home so really yeah. she's in this it's like a catch-22 where she's these two different personalities and she feels like she can't bring either of them to the other place and yeah eventually she realized like this is no way to live or, or people shouldn't have to separate mm-hmm. themselves like this they shouldn't have to put their places in boxes i really loved the scene where it's like after prom and she's in the limo <laughs> with her boyfriend and yeah. and i found this like to be so relatable as as like a white person who grew up in like a mostly white area where mm-hmm. you know like the boyfriend is is he's trying to be he like he likes her he's trying to be like kind and trying not to be racist and he's like star i don't see color which i feel like yeah. is one of those phrases <laughs> that like growing up yeah. as a white person you're like oh that's like that by not yeah, being it's racist, like, like so that's woke. what I'm supposed to do. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm supposed to see everybody the same. And she kind of says, like, well, but if you're not seeing like me as a black person, then you're not seeing me as a person. Right. And I yeah. think that there is, there are a lot of white people who it's like they don't want to be racist they're trying not right. to be racist but they like don't understand how to do it and i thought that this movie did a really kind was really kind and it's like let me help you like along, yeah. without being like you're a bad person for not knowing
0: <laughs> right which is sort of a i i guess not a controversy but people were sort of whispering talking about this and sort of the the annoyance they felt that this character's story had to include the emotional burden of helping white people understand racism which is a fair critique like it is a story where they have white people in it so that white people can identify with it and like so that and that's like unfortunate because it you know like Crazy Rich Asians shows you can still enjoy a movie even if you don't see yourself 100% and like I think this story comes from a very personal space for the author and like I think it's unfair to kind of assume why she did certain things but that being said like yeah the story does include white people and it is sort of frustrating to watch um star force be forced to like explain racism to her friends to her boyfriend and i think to me it was actually really beneficial to like see that emotional burden in action because i was like oh like i never want to be the person who's like why is it problematic that i said this like you know like it's not right. their responsibility to make me woke, you know? So it's like, yeah, I-, I thought it was interesting to see how she grew frustrated with the different relationships she had and how she was constantly being the one asked to do the heavy lifting, to like prove her point, to show her side, to like justify her existence. And the film was so interesting to watch because it it did touch on all those different pieces. It navigated all that in a really complex and interesting way. And so it didn't just feel like a, Like, oh, we got to please the whites who are going to be watching this film. It really felt nuanced and, like, realistic the way this girl was handling these relationships.
1: Well, and I didn't feel like the story was like, oh, shoot, we got to shoehorn some white characters in here. Otherwise, white people aren't going to see it. I mean, because the story is about Star. And a big part of her is a part that I think a lot of, you know, people of color have to face of, like, how they interact, like, with other people who are the same race as them and then with. White people, and mm-hmm. so I mean, I think that was a big part of like her story that that wasn't. It didn't feel to me like it was there just to like placate. You know, oh, like right. like wow, we need to get some white people in the seat, so let's put the Riverdale <laughs> yeah. star in here, and, yeah, and that'll, that'll bring in some some numbers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting because in the book, I mean, this is a four hundred and forty-four page book. It's a huge. Yeah, it's book long. It's a long, bloated book, and I. I liked it. Some of it felt like a lot, like it was very unnecessary. And I think it was sort of more of that. It was a lot of the boyfriend sitting there being like, why do you guys spell your names weird? And so they'd have a conversation about that part. And so there was a lot more moments like that, where it was uh-huh. like, it's sort of like how to educate white people, one-on-one right. type thing. And so it was like interesting coming into the movie with that and also seeing how they kind of shed a lot of that baggage. Cause it's a really long book, I'm just gonna be honest,
1: well, yeah, and the movie didn't feel like luxury at all to me, like yeah the, earlier this summer, I don't know if you saw Black Klansmen at all, yeah, um, but there's a couple of scenes in that that are like literally. Like sermons by By peop- by like white people And by black people Like racist sermons and non-racist sermons But it's, it's sort of just like a person Talking for a good five mm-hmm. minutes Kind of like about the state Of race in America And for <laughs> as it. Like interesting as those scenes are i Mm -hmm. kind of like zoned out through parts of them because i was like okay there's a plot that's going on in this movie i care about these characters i don't need like a random non-character to come (laughs) in and like you know pontificate for five minutes about random things um, yeah and i liked how this movie it felt like it was saying a lot and it was felt like it was very relevant but it didn't there was no part in it where it was like okay like and now i'm going to give a speech like even when she gives yeah. a speech it doesn't feel like she's giving a speech it feels because <laughs> like, you're so invested <laughs> in her
0: yeah it is interesting like all the different characters and all the different things going on and yet the movie never really wraps it up it never really explores like oh did the police come after her for like going after the cop did the i don't know it was just sort of it felt like a little open-ended in a way that i it just kind of wrapped up like almost too cleanly like i kind of wished it had been like i don't know like i don't know how to explain it but it was just like oh it's a ray floats in and out and then like There's her boyfriend meets her parents and it's like comedy, but then there's no like real follow through. I don't know. I just like, I think that was something I was waiting for was like, well, if there isn't going to be a takeaway message as far as like, this is my speech, hear me out. Then like, what is the conclusion? You know, like, cause the cop gets off and I
1: felt like there was a takeaway,
0: (laughs) but I mean there wasn't like. Like, I just, I guess I felt like it was sort of, like, it didn't really, like, I don't know.
1: I, I mean, it ha- for a movie that is about such a controversial issue, yeah. it does have, like, a very, you know, satisfying or happy ending. It's right. not like Black Klansmen or Sorry to Bother You, where it ends on so- this sort of, like, jarring, like, note where it's like question everything (laughs) and i think that there's a place for those kind of endings in movies but i think that this movie is really about her and her kind of like understanding of the situation that she's living in and less about the entire world of the race relations even though a lot of that comes in and out of this movie it's really about her and i think that her arc does end satisfyingly in the movie and so that's why it ends where it ends and I I mean I don't know I think I guess that there is a version of this that you know is more like call to armsy than it than it Mm -hmm. is in its current form but I'm not necessarily sure that it hurts the movie at all that it does have like a kinder ending because I don't think anyone's gonna leave this movie and think like Oh what like a what like a fun story that I really just like enjoyed <laughs> romping through. I mean, the people who I was in the yeah. theater with were like weeping the entire oh, no. time. I wasn't crying because I'm not a human being, but <laughs> most people were.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was part of what was interesting to me was the ending. So it's different from the book, which I think yeah, wanna, was like, more spo- effective for me. Alert? Yeah, let's do a spoiler alert because I think alert. the ending scene was... It was pretty, like, brutal and shocking and it was a twist I wasn't expecting because I had read the book and this didn't happen. Yeah, but so basically, set it up in the book and the movie. Yeah, so throughout the story, it's like they're trying to see if this cop's going to get indicted and he doesn't. And so there's this, there's this march that turns into a riot and Star and her friends are sort of running through town trying to make sure trying to be involved, but also making sure everyone's safe. They end up at their dad's grocery store where they're cornered by the gang that is mad at at Star and that her dad used to be a part of. And they end up setting the store on fire. And in the movie, it all comes to a head where all the characters end up on the street and everyone's like going at each other's throats. The dad is going to go attack the gang leader Realizes he doesn't have his gun. The cops show up and are like trying to defuse. And then suddenly, you see the youngest sibling, who's like seven or something, with the gun pointed at the gang leader. And no, it's seven all very is the like
1: older brother Shelby.
0: Uh, I mean, his age. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's like pointing the gun, and it's all very stressful because yes. you know how this story ends. We just saw cops shoot a uh, black boy for very much less and so you kind of are just like terrified to see how this story will take a turn and it was a very visceral moment like it was very like no one in the theater was talking no one was moving it was just like very emotional because you kind of see the you kind of see this like theme come to head this idea that the hate you give little infants
1: in my theater, like gasped, like when that yeah. shot, like when the a, camera angle like shifts and you see the little kid with a gun, oh. everyone's like, "No, I like know. no, 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 no!" Like I am <laughs> not ready for this ending. But I didn't realize I that that know. wasn't in the book.
0: No, it doesn't. It's not. He doesn't pull the gun. I think it just sort of like I don't remember how it ends, which sort of speaks to how it was sort of just like more of a fizzle. It just I mean the fire happens and there's some sort of confrontation, but I think eventually they they just they arrested the gang leader for the fire and then uh-huh. he went to prison. So there's just not that like emotional gut wrench of the little boy getting involved.
1: So did you like the movie or the book better?
0: Oh, I liked the movie
1: a lot more. Okay. I yeah.
0: mean it was more on the head, but I think that helps in an emotional moment like that. Like it's like you know, cause she then in her voiceover explains the lyric again of thug life and you're just like oh like this is the problem like you know star can handle it she powered through it she can deal with it her dad who was a convict who was a drug dealer he got out of it he can handle it he got through it but then you just see these like ripple effects that boil over to this little boy who's about to get shot by cops who are misreading a situation who don't know how to handle a situation and it just was like very it was surprising like how Effective it was, and how affecting it was for me. (laughs) I was,
1: yeah, I felt like that was such a strong part of the movie that I'm shocked that it wasn't in the book. I know, especially when if you think that she's writing both at the same time, or you know, both are happening at (laughs) the same time. I feel like like if I had been writing the book and that, and they they were like, We're adding this, and I'd be like, Oh, shoot, I I was gonna do that too the whole time. I was (laughs) gonna put that in there,
0: yeah. I know, I kind of feel like it is sort of like. A little on the nose, right? Like, because she can finally see the thug life in action. But like, like, it, this like, This is a works. YA movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: that is a small crime in comparison to the yeah. on-the-nose things that happen in, you know, like, A Hunger Games <laughs> or um, Love, Simon yeah. or, you know, like... Uh, Like, other movies that are also good movies, but are, like, (laughs) they're not coming at you with subtlety.
0: Right. No, it's true. So, I think it, it worked. And it's, like, and then, of course, Star decides to step in front of her brother, thus shielding him from these cops who she has a right to be afraid of. And it's just, like, it's very powerful. And, like, and then, you know, everything sort of wraps up, even though the cop who killed her friend Khalil gets away with it. It's sort of like, well, she learned something, she got something, she found her voice. And that's like, that's like a powerful thing. That's like a victory for them. And I thought that was a, it was a well done twist and sort of like a really smart way to give that emotional punch at the end
1: yeah well i mean it's not it's not like a happy ending but it's also not yeah. a depressing ending like it's a satisfying oh, right. thing, it's like i, think, I was like story. oh
0: my gosh are they gonna kill this little boy like i really didn't know where they were gonna go with it and it was it was good i mean i think that's what impressed they had me killed about the, the movie. child
1: at the end of the movie <laughs> like
0: there's everyone n- would just yeah, everyone like oh like, my okay, gosh like yeah
1: <laughs> too like this too is much. too emotionally manipulative like i can't yeah,
0: a yeah. <laughs> no but that was like one of my favorite i mean favorite sounds like such a horrible way to describe it but the opening scene not opening but the main scene of khalil getting shot by the cop was so brutal and like i've i've watched a lot of like these movies and like detroit was very hard to watch but there was something like very sad about watching khalil like on the ground and and star is taken out of the car and forced into handcuffs. And she's not allowed to like help her friend who's bleeding out on the cement. And you just like, see it, you have to sit there and watch it with her as he takes his last breath. And again, like compared to the book, what happens is she reflects on the moment. You don't like see it in real time. It's a memory. It's like, she's oh. thinking about it. And so it was just like, that's it strange. was so brutal to like sit there and like watch him bleed out. And like, I was just like, And he was such a good actor, he was just so charming, and like you really were rooting for them in a weird way, even though you know what's going to happen, and it was just like... I was really impressed by how the film managed to tackle those scenes and really make them powerful, even with a PG-13 rating, you know what I mean? Well, the
1: characterization, I think, of all the characters is really strong in the... I mean, -hmm. I assume in the book as well, but like... I mean, he is only in it really for like two or three scenes before he's killed, and you yeah. and you feel so connected to him. Like just like the nuances yeah. of the different characters, I think, are so well done. Like the parents yeah. and the siblings. I mean, Star herself, I think it would be really easy to just like make that a one note character, but you know, she's really into shoes and there's this whole plot line of like all <laughs> the, like the different sneakers that she has. She like her and her friends yeah. were into Harry Potter, and there's this whole plot line of like how they used to play Harry Potter together and they have these ones just like things that I don't think that if you were to be like okay let's write a Black Lives Matter movie script (laughs) that you would put in like that level of detail but it really makes those characters so much more relatable and likable so that when he is when you know that he's going to get shot and he's in that scene and you're watching it like slowly go wrong in front of your eyes, you were just heartbroken the entire time where that could have easily been a scene where, you know, it's like, okay, somebody gets shot, like moving on, but you just like him so much.
0: And the other great one was Maverick. Like he, the dad character was so good. I just like loved him and everything. And there's a scene where he marches his kids out on the lawn and insists they recite, part of the Black Panthers um, pledge and it was just like and then he tells his kids that he named them for their superpowers and like stars supposed to shine and it was just like oh my gosh I got all misty-eyed and it was just like halfway through the movie I was just like he's so good I just want him to win an Oscar or be nominated I know. or something well they
1: I mean I guess let's talk about this movie and Oscar just really quickly <laughs> yeah I mean it's a YA Movie yeah. so for as good as I think it Is I don't think it's going to get nearly As many nominations as it probably deserves And it's not a super like craft Heavy movie either so it's right. not Something where they can be like we're gonna throw it a Costume design nomination <laughs> I've heard people yeah. talk That you know this year might be Kind of weak in um, best supporting Actor and that Russell Hornsby as the dad is a Such yes. a great character here that they think that he Might be able to sneak in and get a nom And that I definitely think yeah. we'll see this on the awards circuit of, like, you know, uh, maybe it'll be nominated for some, like, Golden Globes or some Critic Choice Awards or whatever if it doesn't make it to Oscar. But, um, but I think it'll be interesting to see because... I really think that this movie is well so well done and has a lot of oomph to it. And the cast is such like a great ensemble and is Mm -hmm. full of people who I think the Academy really likes. And so hopefully this will get maybe some more playtime, especially if things in the latter half of this season start to. You know, I mean, like, we've already seen First Man didn't do as well in the box offices. People thought it was going to. A Star is Born has hit some backlash after (laughs) it's, like, initially really good reviews. So you never really know when. It's all about, like, when things peak in the Oscar season. Like, if you voted now and you voted a week from now, like, if you voted once a week until, you know, January when the nominations come out, like, you would have a different Group of nominees every single week Just because of based on how Things change in the atmosphere So hopefully this one Will get on a wave and you know kind of be able To ride it through nominations
0: I know I feel like though one thing That really annoyed me (laughs) Was George Tillman In his directorial choice Decided to Color wash the different Like worlds so when she was in Garden Heights when she was with like her true self or her black self it was all very warm yeah like Cebia and then, tone. yeah and then when she was at school it would turn to this like shockingly blue muted tone and it drove me nuts at first i thought the screen had glitched like it's too noticeable <laughs> it goes from like it goes from like classic movie coloring to like twilight you know it's just like way too cold and i just it was such a weird choice to me like i get why he did it i guess but it also didn't add anything that i think he was hoping it would for me because it was already there in the story it was already you already felt the difference so it was just sort of like a wasted effort on his part and i don't know it drove me nuts like did you notice it during the movie
1: i you know i i did but it didn't it wasn't something that Ugh. affected me in a huge way yeah <laughs> i also don't think that this movie is like you know, going to be going for any director awards anyways. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, you don't give the person who did a Nicholas Sparks movie a movie (laughs) thinking ah, yes, best director. Like, I mean, comparing this as a... like director piece with first man it, it's like laughable oh, yeah. you know what i mean yeah
0: <laughs> no it's like definitely about the characters and i think for the most part he manages the vehicle very well to highlight these characters and like the characters themselves aside from probably common and Issa ray do have very strong performances
1: yeah of oh, but... poor Issa. She, she was
0: <laughs> i know I love I really love her. I think she's really talented, but in this, for whatever reason, I just didn't buy it and I don't feel like she ever did either. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She's supposed to play some sort of young lawyer.
1: Yeah, everybody else felt like a person in this and she felt like a stock character. Like they're
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. She just never she never really hit it. But um Yeah. I feel like we should move on. We've talked a lot about this movie, as good as it is. And we're running out of time.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So let's move on to Love It or Hate It. Shelby, what do you have?
0: Okay, I'm excited about this one. Um, I really love this movie. I found it on Netflix after I found out it was going to be made into an American film. So it's called Train to Busan. Have you seen it?
1: Uh-uh. I, I feel like maybe I've heard of it. Who's in it?
0: Oh, yes. So it's a Korean film and it's a zombie movie. Yes. Yes. I have heard of this. And so uh, it's being like remade, which I was like, whatever. Why do we have to remake things? I bet it's a good movie. So I watched it and oh my word, it is such a great film. Like, it's a great zombie flick for sure. But it's also just like, yeah, it's like a scary zombie movie. Yeah. But you don't like scary
1: movies. So how does this work? I
0: can do zombies because zombies are like, It's really, we don't have to explain it, but it's more like when it's, like, brutal, like, either, like, Halloween, where it's, like, a slasher flick about evil people doing evil things, or if it's, like, demonic, where it's about demons doing evil things. I just can't really get into that as much, but zombies are, like, you know, they're just sort of, like, animals, so it's just, like, not the same to me. There's not, like, the same sort of... (laughs) evilness to it i don't know i feel but like this could we could do a psychiatric
1: said, evaluation on that but
0: <laughs> i know and it's just like more manageable for me because you can look away when a zombie attacks but you don't always know when to look away when like the halloween is like breaking there, jaws and ripping teeth out you know what there I there mean? aren't so it's jump like- <laughs> scares
1: in this though
0: no there are but it's more the gory the goriness of scary like
1: Okay, yeah, I don't this know isn't how to making any this sense. This to move you. on, move it's on. It's, like,
0: really easy to me. Zombie movies are fun. This is definitely still, like, scary, but it's also just, like, a really interesting character piece. And so, basically, it takes place that this, like, um, sort of absentee dad, workaholic, his daughter, his young daughter wants to go home for her birthday because he's divorced, and so... He gets on a train with her in the morning to Busan, and on the way, this zombie apocalypse happens around them and unfortunately infiltrates the train, and they Uh. have to just survive. And so it's basically just like zombies on a train, and they're all just like going from stop to stop, and things happen, and it's just following this dad and his daughter and a few other side characters. I was just so impressed by how these characters were, there were some that felt like tropes, but... All in all, they were like, you really get attached. And it all takes place, you know, within this few hour period on this train ride. And it was really, really well done and really good. And not only a good zombie flick, but like a great storyline. And I'm sort of like anxious to see what the (laughs) American team does, because it was bought by New Line Cinema. And it has the team that did the Nun and like uh, the writer from Annabelle and so uh, it just seems like i'm not really holding my breath that it'll be any good you know
1: yeah <laughs> so watch the know. original
0: <laughs> i mean i guess people really loved annabelle is what i heard yeah but um so hopefully not he does something but, but none, i think but... yeah i think the problem is i just don't trust they'll keep the human element like the really strong characters so much as they'll just go for like crazy shots of like zombies in trains or zombies running through you know I just feel like they'll go more for the splashy scenes than the character growth you see in the movie so it's just like you should watch the original instead put on subtitles enjoy it it's still a good ride well I (laughs) am excited
1: I'm excited (laughs) I will 100% watch this because I love horror movies this sounds right up my alley um and Halloween's around the corner so I mean what's not
0: exactly I, I don't know. I mean, I just like zombie movies. I can't help it. I guess that's my one exception. But
1: <laughs> but you don't watch The Walking Dead, do you?
0: No, that I did. I just found that a little boring, tbh. Yeah. But okay. We yeah, don't it, have to unpack it, it, that. It goes
1: off the rails. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I am so But excited. you have a horror. Oh yes. Oh yes. So I saw Halloween this weekend, which is yes. phenomenal. Granted I was concussed <laughs> while I was watching it, so who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's actually terrible and yeah. I don't remember. Um well,
0: it's doing really well, I heard. Yes. It's like eighty percent, right?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's gotten great reviews on like rotten tomatoes and whatnot. It's also it like won the box office weekend by a ton. Mm-hmm. And I have and Jamie Lee Curtis tweeted out this like list of stats or whatever about <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. And it is so it did 77 million dollars, which is like amazing, especially insane. for a yeah. horror movie. It's the second yeah. highest October movie release ever. It's the highest movie ever starring an actress over 55. And it's the highest yeah. ever female led horror film, which I don't know what competition there is. But yeah, it's and globally, it's made over 100 million already, which is amazing. Oh, wow. I saw it. I was obsessed with it. Uh, There's like this <laughs> There's so many good shots There's so many great like kill scenes That are in different ways There's uh, you don't necessarily Well it
0: has everyone's favorite Like sidekick Judy Greer Which oh, makes yeah. you want to watch it Judy
1: Greer, Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis And really it's this story of like jamie lee curtis who is in the original halloween and her daughter and her granddaughter kind of like teaming up to take on this serial killer who's in their town and like the police and you know the husbands and everybody else sucks and these three like (laughs) women really just like pull it together and like Destroy this guy I know it's been
0: tempting for me
1: (laughs) I know I I was watching I was like if Shelby Was going to watch a horror movie like this is Shelby's kind of movie and there's not A lot of jump scares in it I will Say it is like There are a lot of grisly deaths A
0: lot of yeah
1: (laughs) But it is fantastic there is one scene That I just cannot get over It's like a it's a single shot Like long extended scene Where Michael Myers the bad guy Like walks in this Garage and picks up a hammer And murders someone in the house with the hammer And then the camera follows him to the next house And the camera parks (laughs) on the front porch Like looking in the window And this woman Mm -hmm. gets a phone call And she's in the house and they're like oh there's a serial killer on the loose and she's like what oh my gosh I better lock my doors and she goes to look out the front window to see if she can see anything and you just like see him walk in the kitchen behind her and then like strangle her but it's all (laughs) one shot it's like so amazing and there's so many great scenes where like the camera is focused on one thing and like something is happening to the characters in the foreground and you just kind of like see him doing something else or killing somebody else in the background (laughs) It it's like masterful. (laughs) I'm so excited, also, that we're at the time of the year where, like, I'm seeing so many things that are good, and yeah, like things that have been sitting at the top of my yearly movie rankings for like months now are like swiftly falling in the (laughs) ranks as like I'm putting stuff in the top ten like over and over and over again. So you have movies that were like number four from like January through August and now I'm looking at it. It's like, oh, now you're number 20 because there's just so many yeah. good things and more no, to come. No,
0: it's a good, yeah, it's a good feeling because there's some, I was looking at my list and I'm like, man, some of these are not good. I feel like I should just have blanks between like the top 10 and the next 30 because they just aren't worthy of being a top 20, but, but they'll get pushed down. I don't know if Halloween will do it for me, but... <laughs> Uh, you maybe
1: should, you should see it, Shelby. It really is so
0: good. I know. I, mean, I do get in these though. weird moods every like now and then where I'm like, Yeah, I'll do it. Like last year, I went and saw it, and that was a uh, huge mistake. So good. <laughs> that was a traumatic moment for me, but it You've was a very well, well done. done film. Spoilers,
1: Shelby, for Halloween. I know. You so know so I think coming. I can do it.
0: I know. So we'll see if there's anything else to see this week. Otherwise, I might. I don't do want to do promise it, do, it, do, anything. It, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like feminist enough that I feel obligated yeah, to, but... Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
1: and like... It will prepare you for what to do if you're ever in a bathroom <laughs> stall and someone drops human oh, teeth no. over the door. I
0: know how that ends. It doesn't end well. <laughs> I wouldn't be prepared for anything. Well, There's you can no learn what not that. to do.
1: Don't try to crawl yeah. under the next stall with your legs <laughs> sticking out so that he can grab it.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. No, it looked. I mean, the trailer. I, I mean, it looked good. Like, it looked well done. Most of the times, those horror films just look really dumb and bad. Oh, no. But.
1: This is amazing. So have you
0: watched The Hill House everyone's talking about? Oh, the no. Haunting the Haunting
1: of Hill House. Well, that's a book. And I was sort of like, well, I want to watch. I want to read the book before I watch this. Oh, okay. But then I've also heard like Nerd. mixed reviews. And I've also heard that the TV show isn't it, it like goes in a different direction than the book does. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see.
0: I would have thought you would have been into that. I, I probably would
1: be. But, you know, there's only so yeah. much time in the day. <laughs> i tried
0: i was in a mood and i was like let's try like i can do it it's like well reviewed i want to watch it i want to be part of the conversation we watched literally five minutes and i was like i can't (laughs) i have to read the spoilers so now i read the spoilers so maybe i'm ready but (laughs) yeah so maybe so maybe don't see
1: halloween then i don't know.
0: know it's hard to say i mean this watching a television show where every episode is scary seemed like a lot more to handle than going into a two hour movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is a 10 hour, seven episode long thing. It's a real, real chunk of time. I would say there's at least 20
1: murders in Halloween and they are (laughs) all fairly grisly. Oh
0: no. So I mean. I know. That's like Halloween's thing. I tried to see the original once when I was like a teenager and it was just like, It's a lot of stabbing and like blood and guts, and
1: Mm -mm -mm. I don't
0: know. I'm glad you liked it, though. Yeah. I'll just stick to my zombie flicks. They're yeah. still good. Yeah, watch just, zombie just movies. Just enough. Yeah. <laughs> I will
1: say that I don't necessarily, like, I, as much as I love horror, I don't love the, like, weird, like, demon possession movies. Like, yeah. Um, like, The like the Nun or The Conjuring or whatever. Oh, I, d- yeah. I don't necessarily love it when, like, something weird can jump out at any moment because it's not a real thing. <laughs> There's
0: no rules. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like it. I like That's a little true. bit more
1: grounded horror movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. If that makes More sense. realistic. Yeah, yeah. Like for I love, sure. a, I love just a good like serial Halloween. killer. Or yeah. If it's going, if
1: we're going to be like, um, have a a demon possession, I want it to be like hereditary. You know, where it's not like we're at a weird secret <laughs> abbey and there's demons all over. It's just like, oh no, right. there's just like one person who's like is possessed by a demon, like The Exorcist. Well, is See, great.
0: you have weird rules too, so I'm not the only one with like exceptions. Yeah, but yours are weirder preferences. <laughs> yeah well we'll see everyone should watch both train to busan and halloween yes. and decide which one is better because i think the zombie one's best
1: yeah well we'll we'll shall see um <laughs> speaking of deciding what things are good and what things are bad we have a treat for you all next week because yes. we are doing a ranking episode of every <laughs> Network television pilot from this fall. There are like sixteen shows we have watched or are (laughs) going to watch. All of the pilots, and let me tell you, there are some that are horrific, and we will be talking about them. (laughs) I
0: know, and I'm sure some of them have already been canceled. (laughs)
1: Yes, yeah, I know. I was like, I need to look that up before the episode. Like, what what has (laughs) already been cut? Because it is like a race to the bottom with these. Like.
0: I've been surprised by some of the ones I'm into. TBH. Same, the (laughs) same. Yeah. We'll have to see if they align. Yeah.
1: Uh, But but until next time, like, follow us on social media. Leave us some reviews so I can read them next week. And hope that my concussion goes away.
0: Oh, yeah. I hope so, too. Stop dropping luggage on your own face, Matt.
1: (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) But until next week, bye, everybody.
0: Okay.